This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I am Andrew Clyden, and I am joined by an unprecedented amount of guests to talk about something very special and very exciting. With me today, I have a number of people from Northern Sky Theater to talk about their newest show, Sunflowered, which is performing right now. I would like you to all go around and introduce to yourselves. We have three people in the studio and one person joining us over the phone, and I'll have you introduce yourself uh, last on the phone just because you can't quite see the circle that we are that we are working in right now. So tell me uh, about yourself and uh, your role in the production of Sunflower. Hi, I'm Alexis J. Roston. I am co-directing for Sunflowered, and I am also playing Marthy in the production. I am LaCrissa Granberry. I co-wrote the book. I co-composed the music, and I am the lyricist for Sunflowered, and I am also playing the role of Shayla. I'm Molly Rohde. I'm Northern Sky's Associate Artistic Director and Co-Director on this production. Hi, I'm Aida Pirzada, and I'm the co-author of the book for Sunflowered. Awesome. Welcome all to the the podcast. Thank you for coming in and chatting with me about this. If you picked up the Peninsula Pulse last week uh, or two weeks ago now when this comes out, you will have seen kind of our preview of the show, an interview with you, LaCrissa, and some photos from Rachel Lucas. I I think that this is a really exciting show. Uh, I think it's something that is both very much at home at Northern Sky, but also something kind of new. So walk me through kind of the the birth of Sunflower, or maybe we should talk about what it is first and then we'll go back to its inception. So what is Sunflowered? Sunflowered is a new musical at Northern Sky Theater. It is about a group of women who are on a camping trip. They have longtime friends and the matriarch of the family, this family of sister friends sort of gathers them together to do what they've always done, which is Sunflower, one of their members. And you find out what that is. I can explain what it means to be Sunflower, but I'd give away the show if I do that. I was going to say, if it's a spoiler, then we'll leave that for people to discover. But yeah. uh, it's good to know that that is part of part of the name. I was curious where the name came from. So that's good to know that it is a plot point. It is. So now that we know a little bit about what the show is, how did the show come to be? Maybe maybe give me the, the history of your your time with Northern Sky and, and how this this all happened. I started working for Northern Sky in 2018. And while I was here, one day I sat on Molly Rohde's porch and I wrote a poem. And when I wrote this poem, she read it and she was like, you should write a musical for us. And I feel like that's the initial birth story of the show. Yeah, that was the seed, I suppose, was planted there. This poem was like 20 minutes in the making and from start to finish, there were no cross outs. There were no, like it was so beautifully put into your journal and I had seen the blank pages and then suddenly you know they were full and and luscious and beautiful and the imagery was so rich and this poem just sounded like song lyrics which is which is what made me think well you know would you think about it would you think about writing a show and a year later you had a first draft I said yes and (laughs) I said yes I I was like what would I want to say I don't know I'm not a writer for real But then I thought about it, 
Northern Sky produces a lot of works that um, celebrates Wisconsin as home. And I enjoyed that because I'm from Wisconsin. I'm from Milwaukee. And so I was like, I could write about celebrating this place, but it wouldn't be your typical Northern Sky show because I also, something that's near and dear to my heart is sisterhood and friendship. And so I called Aida in December or January and I said, hey, I'm going to write a musical for Northern Sky. Would you be willing to do this with me? And she said yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's erasing some of your story, LaCrissa. You were like, so my friend at this theater and I don't know. And I wrote this, these poems and I, you, (laughs) you were, you, you, you were like, can maybe we could write something? I don't know. And I was like, yes, let's do it. You know, and then slowly, I feel like the the birth of Sunflower is also like the birth of of someone like realizing like, oh, like I am a writer. And so I think like that's been super awesome is for like LaCrissa to sort of go from being like, I don't know if this is something that I do to being like, oh, I was doing this all along. So there's there's some sunflowering, not to give anything away in why the show exists. They're being sunflowered by different different friends along the way to believe in yourself. I feel like that is, correct me if I'm wrong, Molly, but that's kind of the the Northern Sky MO too, which is to bring new plays to life from different people of different walks of life, kind of celebrating this area that we are in or the, you know, the folk genre in a way. How often does a play get created at Northern Sky off of, uh, hey, wow, that's really wonderful. Would you like to write something? The reason I thought, I think, to ask LaCrissa that question back then was because of stories I had heard about Fred Alley's encouragement of new authors. Lori Flanagan has kind of a classic story. She talks about walking down a path with him and saying, you know, we should do a show about women. Like these, uh, she had this idea about women welders and he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't you write it? (laughs) And, and it was a transformational moment for her to think, wait, I should write it. Why? Cause it didn't, it hadn't even occurred to her, but just the notion that he thought she could do it gave her permission to dream about that and started to think about it. And then yes, lo and behold, she found her author team and wrote her first show. And I think that that invitation is really important sometimes, you know, giving someone permission to, to think of themselves in that way. And I, I knew you were a poet, I knew you had done spoken word, but man, I didn't realize how easily it came to you and how quick it could come to you. And what, I mean, that for me was a, a kind of a transformational, like it was a light bulb moment to see how swiftly those those words came. And so, yes, I think we do have a long tradition, the, the theater does, of, of first-time writers and, and encouraging new voices onto our stage and shepherding, you know, these works that are rooted in this area and, and particularly in the hearts of the people that, that work with us. Yeah, and I, I'm a firm believer that there's no such thing as a uh, writer when it comes to telling stories. Everybody has a story to tell, and you don't have to think of yourself as something in order to tell that story. So I, I love that there's a fostering of, of people telling the stories that are near and dear to themselves and, and being connected with people who can help them bring that story out. I think that that's, that's really special. I think that's my cue because I was actually working in Door County, but not with Northern Sky when I was introduced to this piece. And LaCris and I had been friends. And she calls me uh, affectionately mother. 
It's a long name. I won't give you the whole name because that's my business. And anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> she said, Mother, can you come and read a draft of a play I wrote? We went to her home that she was staying in here in Door County. And we just sat around and read it, you know, and gave her feedback and encouragement. And the next time I was around for Sunflowered, I was sitting in the audience watching a reading. I said, okay, all right. <laughs> it's had some growth. And then she says, Mother, can you come and do a workshop of Sunflower? <sighs> okay, okay, yeah. I come to a workshop of Sunflower, and it's grown exponentially. And I'm like, oh, baby girl, this is, this is stellar. I'm very proud of you. And I left thinking that was the end of my road. <laughs> With Sunflower. <laughs> Only to find out, you know, I get a call from the theater and they're like, we'd like to offer you the role of Marthy in the next season. Well, I pride myself on being very youthful. <laughs> so I never imagined being asked to play the matriarchal figure over these ladies. However, I said, okay. It's LaCrissa, and I love her, and she can get me to do just about anything. I don't know how she does that, but I said yes, and I was already scheduled to be here for this production. And then a friend of ours who was supposed to direct, her schedule got just ridiculously busy, and she suggested to LaCrissa that I come in as co-director with Molly. And I said be in it and co-directing and my year has already been like insanely busy so I was like but it's LaCrissa okay LaCrissa <laughs> and here we are in production being well received as it should it's a labor of love and you can tell that yeah I, it's a message that I think is universal so although there are some subject matter that people may find controversial or may not necessarily think is the usual northern sky subject matter they're receiving it overall very well that's great thank you for kind of walking us through the the history of not only your involvement but kind of how the show came together i want to talk just a, a little bit about that last thing that you mentioned because it is something that i've been kicking around in my head this year and seeing kind of the fruits of last year's theater productions, some theater companies trying things a little bit differently, maybe a little more experimental, a mix of readings and one-person plays and two-person plays, and now seeing this year a lot more diversity in casting and some some different types of shows that are evolving on the stuff that we kind of had to do post-pandemic. How, how has that been this year? I mean, this is a, a, a very diverse cast. It's an all-female cast. You, you mentioned that it might be dealing with some Maybe controversial topics for, uh, you know, people who have been going to Northern Sky for years, maybe not. But walk me through kind of the season and, and has there been more of a push this year to do things maybe a little differently or to do things more in diversely? Walk me through how Northern Sky has been handling this year. I think that it's really just a nature of this play. I don't know that, you know, we're as a as a company thinking, oh, we're making these big changes. Everything we do is about each piece of theater. Every 
and all the shows are different, you know. They sometimes, you know, thematically have tie-ins and connections to each other. But as we work on each show, we are really working toward the, the needs of that script and that story. So once we decided to program Sunflowered into the season, you know, for real, for real, and, and do the full production, then we just had to work toward what did that show need. And so it was exciting that, you know, Pandemic-wise, you're right, all kinds of different changes occurred and, and we were forced into new models and new modes. Sunflowered was the one piece that we continued to workshop through pandemic. We did lots of readings, you know, but it was hard on Zoom to be productive. <laughs> and so we, all, we learned a ton about, about shows by doing a, a, a one-day reading. But Sunflowered was the one thing that we spent a week on and devoted and used our Zoom time you know, really, really proactively and made huge strides with the book. And then last year in 2021, when we were able to gather those women in person and sing together for the first time, ugh, it was, it was just glorious after such, such a long wait of being apart. And so because the show was ready, because we were set, you know, it was, it was time. Then we were looking at what, is the, what does the play require? And so LaCrissa's script has made space for the need in this show for a diverse cast. It, it's a lot of firsts, this show. It's our first story penned by black authors. It's our first all-female author team, our first all-female cast, our first gay relationship depicted in a play on our stage. And there's an inclusivity to it that we're very proud of and excited for because we feel like it's time and there's nothing in this show to be afraid of it's just life it's what we all experience with our families every day there's a lot of different points of view in the story and I really appreciate how how diverse that is that there's there's not a there's not a political agenda there's not you know there's nothing there's no big message that we're trying to push it's just an experience of of lots of different points of view and you make space for all the points of view, you know? And this chosen family is, uh, and how they come together to rally around one person's, one person's challenge. I think it's just beautiful. And so I hope that's a pretty rambly answer to your question, but I hope it covers some of it. No, it did, absolutely. That's basically what I, what I was getting at. The other part of it too is that you mentioned that it's, you know, it's nothing radically different. It is a celebration of some of the things that you mentioned earlier, friendship, sisterhood, coming of age, those types of things. Those are universal stories. And they're, they're being told by a diverse group of people who are sharing in this universal experience. And I think that that's a wonderful thing to show audiences, especially in a place like this. Theater audiences can tend to skew older and whiter generally. So stories like this are wonderful as they are, but being able to do them in a place like Door County, I think is, is great too. Not only does Northern Sky have the ability to be like, hey, this is a story about this place as well. I mean, they're, they're camping or vacationing in Door County, but you're able to see, like you said, these, uh, these perspectives that are different than, you know, what the majority of the audience might look like. And I think that that's great. I, I wonder if we should tell Andrew about our camping research trip. <laughs> LOL. There was a there was a like a method component of this where you went out to to discover what this is going. Okay, tell me so about method. It. Yeah, I think it was great. I mean, I mean, a lot of the cast had camped before, but I felt like if we were able to, as a group, go together and do this, that that would be that would be pretty great. And I think it I think it really 
mattered in the end. <laughs> but we did. Uh, at the end of week two, uh, we went out and spent a night in Peninsula State Park in Nicolay Bay campground. And um, it was awesome, don't you think? It was. It was so awesome. I'm glad that you said it was. That I just got happy about that. <laughs> I never said it wasn't. <laughs> it was so fun. I think what's what's most interesting is everything we did at camping, I feel like we sort of did in the show, which we went and sat by the water. We had a campfire. We went to see a show. I mean, y'all came to see a show. I was in the show, but... Like it was, it was a fun night. It was a fun time, a good old time, a good old kiki, a good old chill out in the woods. And I think it made. <laughs> sorry, this is only funny to me because everybody kept saying you wrote a play about camping, but you haven't been camping. But it made a lot more sense, like the chill of camping, just sitting around and talking. Because I feel like at a certain point when Aida and I were writing, we were like, they need something to do. They need something to do because. Like you're camping, but you're just sitting here. And then we went camping and I was like, it's really a lot of sitting and eating and chilling and laughing. Like what we're doing in the show is very much so a lot of what we did at camping. I loved the difference between our week of rehearsal before camping and then post camping. Because we had the whole show staged before we went camping. But by the time when we came back after we had experienced that all together, it just it, it informed it informed the life of the scene work. The The staging stayed the same, basically, but it was just, I don't know, it was affected, it was impacted. I think the naturalness of, of how the play unfolds and people's activity and the things that they would do and when they'd go to get their water and when they'd go get a snack and w where we would set up our garbage and all, all the little minutia, you know, of activity on stage. I don't know, it just feels very authentic. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, we spent a night out together and did all the things. <laughs> all the things that are in the show, we, we did at our campsite. One last thing that I wanted to ask about, just as you're, you're talking about this experience before we jump into a break and come back. The, the show is in the Gould Theater, correct? How did that change the feeling of the show or did it change the feeling of the show as opposed to performing it outside in what I'm assuming would be the park that it is set in? Well, I think when you started writing, we were always kind of envisioning it as a fall show because your subject matter was, you know, it's, it's, it's totally appropriate for kids. I'm, my daughter loves it, but it's more adult in its tone, I guess. And so, and that's true often of, of our fall shows, you know, so we never really envisioned it outdoors, even though that would seem logical beca sure. because the setting is camping. Right. But I think as soon as you started writing, we were thinking fall show, which automatically puts us inside. So we were always envisioning it in the Gould. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I would like to take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more. I think we've covered kind of the history of how the show came together, but I want to talk just a little bit about the show and some of the, the messages in the show and, and how performing it has been. So we'll take a break and then we'll, we'll come back shortly. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. 
Some of Door County's best stargazing happens indoors. Every year at Door Community Auditorium, we present a star-studded lineup of concerts featuring artists like Brandi Carlisle, The Lumineers, Jason Isbell, Mavis Staples, Billy Strings, Beach Boys, and Buddy Guy. You're now listening to Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives returning to our stage in Fish Creek, October 22nd. Visit dcauditorium.org for a full calendar of upcoming events and to get your tickets today. Okay, we are back. So now that the show is open and performing, I'd like to talk just a little bit about the the show itself. We don't have to go big into the story or anything like that, but uh, what's it been like actually getting it up on stage in front of people? Scary. <laughs> and I, I think that's only because we're so attached to one, LaCrissa, and we want nothing but success for her. And so the anxiety and angst of making sure this is just stellar and perfect and amazing is, you know, is important to us. But what I can say is that I have people around me that I trust. I trust Molly. I trust Chris. I trust my castmates. Northern Sky has just overextended themselves at all times. So I, I trust the people I'm with, I'm comfortable with the people I'm with, and that certainly makes for a more uh, inviting place to create, you know? And so I think once we got to tech, <laughs> it got to a point where, you know, some nerves were settling a little bit. You know, it was, it was a constant roller coaster, to be honest. It was up, it was down, it was up. But I eventually got to a place of being able to breathe and settle and maybe even talk molly off the ledge a few times and i think one of my biggest issues was being able to be the matriarch of this family i have women in my life that have been the matriarch so i have examples to have looked at but it's different when you have to step into that role and there is a major trust factor and everybody's heart is just out there on the stage and you want to be a good shepherd for that so as a co-director, I was struggling home, basically. At, at work, I, was, I may not have looked as <laughs> stressed out as I was. <laughs> but, you know, in the room, though, I tried my best to make sure that we kept the morale up. You know, it was some hard days. There were several hard days. But overall, I think because everybody's so invested and loves this piece, so much and has found their place in the piece it's growing and growing every day so hopefully when you come you won't see a young cutie pop there you'll see a matriarch <laughs> i think you do it so well though i i everybody but to a point where lacrissa's <laughs> envy comes in like she is not everybody's mother but uh, <laughs> I think she does so good at being a maternal figure. Everybody calls you Ma. Everybody. On and off stage. I think you do it great. I think it's a lot of fun having the show up now. I was so nervous the night before. I had the, I mean, I would say my first writer's jitters, but like craziest writer jitters because I was like, oh my goodness, there's going to be a lot of people here. They're going to see the show. It's going to be out there. I can't take it back. <laughs> and I realized this was the most vulnerable thing I'd ever done, which was like 
write words that will be shared over and over and over again and embodied by a bunch of people. And I, I didn't know what to expect. I was like so nervous. I feel like I told Rhodey, I told you, mother. I was like, I got to calm down. I got to calm down. And I'm never a nervous actor. Like when I'm in the show, I'm like, okay, let's do this. But being the writer, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and then it happened. And I was like overwhelmed with gratitude that it happened. It was the response from everybody was so good. But also being on stage with all of you, I, it, I don't know, it warms my heart every night to like, to see the show happen, to be in the show, to watch how passionate everyone is about the story and about their characters. And I, I am both overwhelmed with gratitude and also in this place of like shock, like is this really happening every night all at the same time? It's still really new. It's been just a week, mm-hmm. right? Since our first audience last Friday. And for me, it was so exciting to get those people in the room, you know, because we've been living with the story for four years now together as it's grown and changed. But to sit with a couple hundred people that knew nothing, you know, and were going to take the ride with us, it reminded me what what that's like, because I've you can't unknow what you know. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm seeing the play over and over again and I know what to expect. Of course I do now. But it was really eye-opening to sit with a group and realize, oh, wow, that's new information. Oh, they just heard that for the first time. Oh, that, oh they don't know that yet. Oh, this person's coming. They're going to meet so-and-so. Like, it was a wonderful, I love being in there with an audience and being able to experience it kind of vicariously through them fresh. I think, I think we should also mention that, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of what the show is and how it came together. But from what I've heard, it's also a lot of fun, right? So much fun. So much fun. I Last night during the show, we did, there's a number called Laughter, and I had to like legitimately stop myself from laughing because I was laughing. I was like gut laughing. And I was like, okay, you got to stop. We got to stop it at some point. We got to stop the laughing. And it took me a second. I was like, just stop it and say the line. If I say the line, if I move on, it'll help me like bring reel it in. But I, oh, I, I have a lot of fun every night. I have a lot of fun doing all the choreography. Simple things make me have fun too. I, I was thinking about some of the most simple choreography movements. The people can't see that, but <laughs> I think every time we do release unwind and I get to doing the, this part of the dance, I'm she like gets to play a cop for two seconds, all of two seconds. But like my entire body's like, uh, uh, I, I have a lot of fun. Yes, and it's also a mall cop. It's not even like a regular cop. It's a mall cop. Sure, I just needed to throw that in. <laughs> You, you mentioned the music and, and some of the songs. What what genre is the music? What can people expect from the, the musical part of the musical? All of genres. Yeah, I would say if Alyssa Rohde is the co-composer to the piece and Dennis Johnson also helped her with some of the orchestrations, and if they were both here, they would say, you get yourself some rhythm and blues, you got a little pop in there. Like, it, it would be a little bit of everything because it's it's like a roller coaster of music styles. Wouldn't you say? I would. Yeah. It's really, the music is very upbeat and celebratory and across the styles. I just feel like it all lifts, you know, it does exactly what a musical is supposed to do. The, we're in the story until the moment where we have to sing and it always elevates, you know, it's really it good. It touches music. you, it draws you in and it makes you feel hard, in my opinion. The music is amazing because I think that the the story really 
sort of takes you on this like journey that I think is very like intimate and and very like realistic in a lot of ways or it's trying to be realistic you know it's like friends hanging out and so the music reveals what is magical and spiritual and otherworldly and overwhelming it's sort of it's like the it's the poetry underneath this like story that is very much about like you know relational struggles and and just like things that everyone goes through um, with their friends and with their family and so I think that's the most exciting thing about the music is that you know it shows you all the things that you can only feel out loud and it really says like what can't be said and that's you know I mean what makes musical theater amazing and then I think just like for this show, it's like there are these really, really like small moments between people. Like when you experience a moment, like some of the moments in the show, they can they can be really small, but it the music puts them in this like grand scale of like how they feel and how big like a moment of laughter with your friends or like something you know now about someone you love, like how those things can land on you in a way that has these epic ripples. But, you know, maybe when it happens in day to day life, it can just be like, oh, that was like one minute where someone said this or that or I'm still worried about this or I'm confused about that. But inside there's this whole world that's really revealed in the music. I guess my last big question for all of you is, you know, it's been a long road bringing the show together and putting it up and now it's open and people are seeing it. What do you hope people take away from it? What do you, what do you want audiences to, to come in and to get from seeing Sunflowered? I want them to say, we have to throw money at this show so it can go anywhere and everywhere and be seen by the masses. Yes. And someone the other night said to me that the show does a really good job at closing the gap of generations of art. And I thought that was a beautiful statement about the show and and the work that we've done. Tell, tell me tell me what you think about that. How does the show do that? Well, it, it, you know, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. There's a perspective for everyone. And I, I've heard that over and over again. Like anybody who comes to see it will find themselves in one of those characters. If you know yourself. Sure. <laughs> it requires a knowing of self first, I suppose. But if you know yourself, you will find yourself in one of those characters. And because of that, it makes any experience where you can relate becomes an elevated experience. And so I think when, when it was said that it closes the generational gap, you know, you have art that I don't want to say old school art because I don't want to like put it on the elders, but... <laughs> But I, I think you have art that is old school, that is set in a different, a different time where there were different beliefs and a different way of life. And then you have art today where, you know, I think most people or most young folks say hashtag woke. But like that is it's a, a new look on life and a new sure. perspective, a new take. We're not doing things the same way. And I think the show does a really good job at giving voice to all of those people and hearing their voice, not diminishing their voice and not telling anybody what to think afterwards, but saying, hey, you know, what's more important than anybody's perspective or anybody's beliefs is to love the people you have around you is to take a moment to breathe because we can't like just do all of my favorite quote that I said to, to Rody earlier this year. Like I read it somewhere on the Internet, but it was like all of this just to die <laughs> all of this just to die and, and I think this show does a good job of saying like no live 
One of my other favorite. Owen was full of quotes the other day. Nobody ever watches a sunflower die. They watch it live. And I think in saying that the show does a good job at closing the generational gap of people of, of art, it's, it's, I guess my heart's desire is for people to walk away and say, I want to live right now. I want to live out loud. I want to breathe. I want to care more about the people around me. Like this world, my life is so much bigger than I am. And I want to start treatment like that and being intentional with how I live and how I love. Perfect. Yeah, that that's great. Thank you for, for summing that up. Another great thing about the show is that people have a, a number of opportunities to see it. It's going to be going on through October, correct? Through October 29th, yeah. And yeah. where can people find out more information, buy tickets, all that kind of stuff? Northernskytheater.com. And I did want to say we've been doing uh, post-show afterglows this week. And LaCris and I have been able to be out there and talking to the audience, you know, that wants to stay and hang out by the campfire with us. And it's been very, very gratifying to hear people's feedback. And I've heard on multiple occasions that it's, you know, folks that have been coming for generations. It's their favorite thing we've ever done. So, you know, when you hear that multiple times in an evening, it starts to, you know, it's, that starts to feel really good. So I think it's definitely, it's definitely unexpected. It takes people on a roller coaster of emotions. They come out feeling like they have, you know, felt everything they've laughed, they've cried, they've, you know, and they do see themselves in it. You know, we've heard a lot of stories about my sister, my, my mother, my family, my, you know, it pulls things out for people and they see themselves reflected in the story in a way that I think is really powerful. So it's just one weekend of audiences but the feedback has been really exciting and I think it's universal because I've had male and female say things about the show that they relate it to it's cool when you got your band members when they're not playing they're so invested in the show you can look over and they might be tearing up too you know (laughs) that speaks volumes you know because though they come into the process later you know when we've almost fully gotten all the kinks out almost they're making a journey with us as well and to have them sitting and playing and then tapped in even when they're not playing you know and be so fully on is amazing to me you know I love that Aida shared a story that I think was really cool Aida do you know a story I'm talking about when you were on your car ride to the airport Oh, <laughs> I think, I think yeah. you should share it. I mean, you can't give away a key point in that story, but I think you can share the the overall statement of what you said. Well, I was getting a lovely ride to the airport. And so, of course, on the ride to the airport, you got to talk. And so the person I was talking with was like, oh, yeah, well, I told Krista, you know, that that's that's basically what happened to me and my friends. And then like she was saying some of the things and it was very funny to me because the things that I was so focused on is like, what's the plot of this story? (laughs) Were like none of the things that she, that she mentioned, (laughs) but the resonance of like, I see myself in this friend group and the way that the friend group came together was so like her own. Like it was like the very own story of someone totally different, but it was still like, big enough like the the themes and the way that the way that they come through in the story was big enough that even though the circumstances that she described were not exactly the same the feelings and the connection was the same and so it really created that sense of like the universal in the specific so she described totally different circumstances of friendships 
but the heart of it is what she related to. And so it's just very funny because it started by, well, that's basically the same, you know, it's the same thing, but then it, it was, you know, at the heart of it. Great. It sounds like it's going to be a really great show for people to see. Lots of fun, lots of love, lots of great music and a, a universal experience for people to take away. So thank you all for coming on to the podcast and telling people about it. I can't wait for folks to see it. As you said, Molly, it is running through October. So people have plenty of opportunities to see it. If they haven't seen the Gold Theater yet, it is beautiful. And I, I highly recommend people check it out. So is there anything else that we haven't covered before we wrap up here? No, for some strange reason, I just want everyone to know that I'm from Chicago. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Thank you for having me. Of You're course. so wonderful. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, and I look forward to seeing the show. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Bye, Aida. Bye, Aida. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.